Welcome to the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Fay. I started the Not A Mommy Yet blog and this podcast because I've always known I want to be a parent one day, and you might be listening because you feel the same. You may have also heard people with kids say things like, I wish I had known this before I had kids, or I wish I had done that. Hearing those comments made me think about the parts of my life I want to spend more time focusing on before I have kids in ways that will benefit me as a parent. So I started a list of people who can teach me about health, money, relationships, psychology, and more, and started interviewing them, and this podcast was born. Whether you plan to have kids or not, I think you'll find something interesting in this podcast for you. I hope you enjoy, subscribe, and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. This week on the Not A Mommy Yet podcast, I am so excited to share my conversation with Jessica Diamond. Jessica is a registered dietitian nutritionist specializing in moms, kids, and babies, and she's a mom to one. When Jessica became a dietitian in 2009, she noticed a real disconnect between the complex concepts she studied and the kind of nutritional and parenting information that was actually available. All of the information existed, but it wasn't easily accessible to a majority of families. She has done an incredible job breaking down these complicated principles into easy-to-understand practices over the past 11 years. Her passion is teaching parents how to raise mindful children and how to feed their kids through a simpler approach that creates less picky and more intuitive eaters. On this episode, we talk about reproductive health, foods and tips that supports fertility on your preconception journey, and her manageable tips and tricks truly make you feel like you've got this, which is her go-to affirmation for all people, clients, and especially fellow parents. We also discuss prenatal vitamins, detoxing, postpartum hormone balancing, and how to release control. This is a great episode I know I will continue to come back to and listen to over and over again. Check out the podcast notes on how to get in touch with Jessica on her website and podcast with Haley Hubbard, Meaningful Living. That's meaningful with two L's. So without further ado, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Not A Mommy Yet podcast with Jessica Diamond. Well, thank you, Jessica, so much for being on the Not A Mommy Yet podcast today. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I first was introduced to you through Lori Bregman, through her Mindful Mom-to-Be class, and everything that you were saying and sharing with these soon-to-be moms really just, it was such a nice way of hearing it all. You had such great tips. You had such easy kind of suggestions and things that you can incorporate into your everyday life. Um, I know when you're pregnant, I've never been pregnant, but as a doula, and I just know that from social media, there's so many suggestions and recommendations out there that can be thrown your way. So kind of having someone that really knows what they're saying and to filter out the noise is so helpful. (laughs) Um, So yeah, thank you for being here. I'm excited to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm so honored to be here and I love Lori. She is an amazing doula. So the fact that you're connected with her, anyone that knows Lori, I am always game to talk to because she is just a wealth of information and such a support system. I think you're right. that there's, we're flooded with more information than we ever have been. And while information is great, I think what's the the result of it is that it's making Uh, understanding basic things a lot more complicated than it needs to be. And so that's always been my passion in life is to break down that information, make it as practical, as simple as possible. Uh, That's the whole reason I started Meaningful Living. And I think that the more simple we can make things, the better we all do. 
I agree. Um, so yeah, I would love for you to share a little bit more about meaningful living uh, for people that don't know, since I do tend to lean towards more people that don't have kids yet, you know, how they could benefit so much from listening to your podcast even now, but of course, once they're parents. Yeah, of course. So meaningful living is a platform. Um, my business partner, Haley Hubbard, and I started it together. She is a mom of three kids. When we started, she had three kids under three. Um, and she was so passionate about bringing just evidence-based information to the forefront. She always felt as a parent that she, there was all this information coming from all these different directions. And she felt really overwhelmed to read, you know, 10 books or someone would say, well, read a book on this. And she's like, I just don't have time to do that. I want to make the best decisions for my family, for myself, for my health. And I just don't feel sometimes like those resources are helpful. And so I helped her throughout her journey, uh, you know, through pregnancy and postpartum with her kids. And so we decided to create a platform. We have a podcast, we've got a website, we've got courses all about, parenting, nutrition, and cooking related to from fertility or even prior to fertility, right? Planning throughout childhood. And so it's all those resources so that you can make the best decisions for your family. You know, there's not a one size fits all, but when, when you can break down information into the cliff notes guide to anything, I think we're all so much more empowered. And so we're really trying to bring that nutrition cooking information and parenting information that we all care so deeply about to the forefront in an easy and practical way. I love that. That's amazing. You're so right. I mean, the amount of books that I could recommend to doula clients, I'm like, no, you know, it's really my job to do that education myself so I can kind of synthesize it and just present it to them in a way that's more digestible because you're right. There's a book for everything. And when it comes to parenting, it could be and- like one question. And I don't think, I think there's this real switch that happens. I think it's this switch that happens when we go from us leading our lives until we decide that it might be time to start having a family. And when you are trying to get pregnant you get pregnant or you have a kid, the stakes are so much higher. It feels like than anything else in our life before growing a child. It's a miraculous thing, but it's also a really stressful thing sometimes. And so Sometimes when you're bombarded with too much information, I think it doesn't actually help to give you that information that you really need. And so, yes, I mean, the work that you do is fantastic. This podcast, fantastic. I just love that you're bringing to the forefront practical, actionable things we can all do. Thank you. Yeah, you as well. I love your podcast. Um, So yeah, let's talk about before pregnancy. I always like to think, you know, if I got pregnant tomorrow, would I be happy with my choices today. Um, and you know, that's of course coming from someone who feels a little bit closer to that time in their life. That's not something I think everyone necessarily needs to be thinking about, but I'm curious for you kind of when you were, um, you knew that pregnancy was maybe coming closer to your, into your life and, um, maybe how you work with clients, maybe starting with like optimizing ovulation and fertility, and then getting ready for, um, conception, how do you, what are some like of the basic overview, like the tips that you provide to your clients and then also for yourself too? Yeah. You know, so there, there's planned pregnancies, like we're talking about and there's unplanned pregnancies. Mm-hmm. So I don't want anyone listening to this that says like, okay, I didn't even have time to think about my fertility before right. it happened. Right. That you don't have to have this perfect set of diet before you get pregnant for you to have a healthy pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of things. I mean, a lot of us struggle with fertility issues and there are a lot of things that we can do to help optimize our body and our egg reserves, or from the husband's standpoint, if there's a man in the picture, right. From sperm quality 
quality. And so there are a lot of things that are in our control that we can do to help optimize. The funny part about it is it's not so different from what we generally would do to help ourselves be healthier overall when it comes to pregnancy um, and fertility, but there are specific foods and specific types of things to, to look for. And I think it's a really actionable point in our life where we like to take that action. So what I always tell clients is the first thing is to think about the food that you're eating and think about it as real food versus kind of food-like substances. I think a lot of us eat a lot of food-like substances or processed foods that we don't even realize. And so it sounds silly that we even have to say it, but like, what is real food? Mm-hmm. Real food is when you're going to the supermarket and you're walking around, it's all the stuff on the perimeter. It's the fruits, it's the vegetables, it's the grains, the nuts, the legumes. Those are real type foods. Uh, Michael Pollan, who I absolutely love his work, the way that he describes edible food-like substances is he says, if your great-great-grandmother or your great-grandmother was here, would she know the food you're eating, what it is, right? Protein Mm -hmm. bars, she's not going to know what that was or like Go-Gurt, you know, certain things like that. They wouldn't know what it is. So I think the, the simplest way we can make it is try to eat as many real foods as you can in your diet. So optimizing fruit and vegetable intake, fiber intake, great grains and great nuts and legumes. That's the most basic. Um, we can dive into kind of some of the fertility foods that I love. Yeah. Avocados, that is probably my number one in fertility and pregnancy. They are fantastic. They have monounsaturated fatty acids in it. So they've actually been shown in studies to decrease ovulatory infertility. So they've been shown to improve IVF success. Um, They've got a lot of folate and potassium and vitamin A in them. So overall, they help reproductive health. Other foods like that would be like olive oils, um, other kinds of nuts like that. So yeah, just like increasing your fat intake, but of good fats. Because I I do think that could be something that people shy away from. I know it's something that I definitely have more recently become like, okay, I need more fat in my diet. Cause it's just something, especially if you're trying to like maintain weight or lose weight, that like can be a scary, like thing to be eating is mm-hmm. just like a lot of fat, but I know good fats obviously have so much value. Also, I think for like your brain health, yeah. like they're so good. So, you know, there's so much, there's so much phobia when it comes to food. That's something, I don't know if that was the the uh, talk that you listened to through Lori's portal, but we have so much fear over food. Different foods have been demonized over different times, right? At one point it was fat. Fat was really demonized. Carbohydrates are really demonized. And what it does is it kind of makes it more complicated for us. And it has us shy away from a lot of real foods that have a lot of benefits. And so I don't love demonizing any sort of real food, right? Like they an avocado has amazing benefits. You know, I tell pregnant people take fertility, either one, take an avocado and sprinkle some, some seeds on it. So, uh, sprinkle some chia seeds or flax seeds or hemp seeds. And that's a great way to add good fat on good fat. Another food that is not discussed, but probably one of my favorites are Brazil nuts. Okay. Um, one of the biggest nutrients that's overlooked in fertility is selenium. And we can talk about that if we're going to talk about prenatals at all, but, um, selenium has so many benefits. It helps improve oxidative stress. And so decreases DNA damage on the, on the egg, right? So, so much infertility is about us 
improving egg quality. And so selenium has a big role in that. And so Brazil nuts actually have the highest per weight amount of selenium out of any food. And so one Brazil nut per day meets that requirement. So I tell people put a Brazil nut in a smoothie, eat one, um, you know, you can ground it up and you yeah. won't even taste it in a smoothie. So that's a really simple thing people can do. Yeah. It's definitely not a nut. Like you're like reaching for at the grocery store. If you don't right? know it, it's like an almond, like you almond walnuts, you know, that's normal, but for <laughs> most people are like, Jess, that sounds great. I don't even know what a Brazil nut looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's really good to know. And I did want to talk to you about prenatals because I, I spoke to a nutritionist a while back about the, the differences of like folate and folic acid. And there's like a gene that like some women have where they don't actually process folic acid. I think the right way. So folate's a safer option. I might be getting that totally wrong, but I would love to hear from you <laughs> kind of to break that down. Cause I think maybe women just reach for any prenatal, um, because they think, okay, at least I'm getting those extra vitamins and nutrients, but it's really, I think also now, as we are with most things, understanding the ingredients and what we're eating. Um, so ingredients in the prenatals too, is something I'm curious to learn more about. Absolutely. So let's tackle folate. So there is a lot of people have a genetic abnormality. It's called MTHFR. Mm -hmm. And it just means that you can't actually absorb regular folate. And so you need it in a methylated form. And so instead of testing for it or trying to figure out if you have this, a lot of the prenatals on the market already know that this is so prevalent. So they give folate in the form of methylated folate. And so when you're looking for a prenatal, I always recommend to just look for methylated folate. Uh, so any of the prenatals that I recommend have the methylated form of folate in them on the meaningful living website. There's a whole article all on prenatal vitamins explained. So you can go through if, if you want to dive deeper after this conversation, you can go there and it has kind of links to all of our favorites. Um, when it comes to a prenatal, there's, there's two different types. And I think it all depends on your diet. There's a couple of prenatals that I love that work off the premise of we get a lot of nutrients from food already. And so what we're really looking for, as opposed to loading in so many, every single vitamin and mineral that you really need into one prenatal, we're actually going to do where we fill in the gaps of your diet because you don't absorb because a, let's say, some sort of prenatal vitamin says it has like 200 milligrams of CoQ10. You don't necessarily absorb all 200 milligrams of that CoQ10. And so, um, being with the idea that if we take too much, too many supplements, we're not absorbing all of it. So two of the ones that I like that fill in the gaps in your diet is parallel and ritual. They're amazing. Um, Parallel is OBGYN, had an OBGYN created. I love it because it has CoQ10 in it, which is really important for egg quality. And so that's already in that. And they have different packages based on what stage you are. So fertility, right? Like a conception pack that has the CoQ10 in it. Then they go to a first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, and then postpartum. Ritual has a prenatal vitamin and then a postpartum vitamin. The ritual has been amazing for me. I'm one of those people that has a really hard time um, handling the prenatal vitamins. They make me feel sick. And so mm -hmm. ritual has kind of a no nausea capsule, which is amazing. Yeah. And so both of those fill in the gap. So I love those and cannot recommend them enough. 
There are um, a couple others that I do love as well. There's Pink Stork with DHA in it that I like. Thorn makes one. The B12 is a little high. So I always say that's better in the fertility side as opposed to once you're pregnant, but Thorn has one. And and it's going to depend kind of on the person, right? What can you tolerate? But also what does your diet look like? If you're vegan, your needs are going to be very different than if you're not vegan, right? So thinking about where, who you are, where you're at. So is that something that you can talk to your OB about and be like, Hey, I'm vegan. What kind of prenatal would you recommend? Or or should they come to someone like you who can, what would you, if your OBGYN knows that that's fantastic. So there's, you know, they could come to me, they can come to meaningful living. We've got some great resources on it. Uh, one of my friends who is a fellow dietitian, she has, uh, her name's Whitney ERD. And she also has a site called plant-based juniors and she is predominantly plant-based. And so she goes through, she has a supplement guide as well. So I would look for, I don't necessarily think you need to have a one-on-one session with a dietitian. I think just using, you know, those resources is great. Um, Nowadays, there's so many resources available to Mm -hmm. you that I I do think those are helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, So before, like going back to preconception, um, I feel like I've heard a lot of different schools of thought for detoxification. Mm -hmm. Um, So not only getting the nutrients like what we've gone over, but more about like metal detox or mercury, I guess that falls under metal, but just, you know, liver detox, whatever you're hearing or seeing. And, and I just feel like, you know, without the right guidance, it could be kind of dangerous. You also want to make sure you're doing it safely. I'm curious to know what you talk to your clients about, you know, when it is that planned pregnancy situation, um, how can we detox safely? How do we know if we even need that? Cause obviously so many people get pregnant and have perfectly healthy babies without ever doing any of these things. Yeah. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. I might not be popular for saying this, but detoxes, they don't, they're really popular right now. And yeah. there's always going to be a popular thing of the time. They're not number one, they're not necessarily safe, but they're not needed. What's needed is just looking at, I say, look at our choices. We don't have to look at almost like an outcome. Let's look at our behaviors every single day. Mm-hmm. And you can do things to your body to help your body be healthier when you're thinking about fertility. And so the main things to focus on, as opposed to, you know, getting really stressed out about doing some sort of cleanse that, you know, can throw off other types of organs and and we don't know exactly what it's doing or what the exact items you're putting in your body. The best thing to do is to focus on three things. Number one, good sleep hygiene, going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time. Number two, moving our bodies. We don't move enough. And so just moving your body in a way that feels right to you, that feels healthy for you. Uh, you know, whether that's parking further away from appointments and taking a walk outside to Pilates or yoga to whatever, whatever helps you. Mm -hmm. And then decreasing, increasing the amount of plant-based foods we're eating. So increasing your fruit and vegetable intake, that can be a small gradual change where you just start thinking about what you're eating and saying, every time I sit down to a meal, let me look down to I have 50% of my meal. Is it coming from fruits or vegetables? We don't consume enough fruits or vegetables. And those are the key to 
great nutrition is really the amount of vitamins and minerals will never be able to mimic that with any sort of pill or supplement or any sort of cleanse of any sort. They, what all the research shows is that there's this synergistic effect in fruits and vegetables that because there's all these nutrients put together, if you pull out the nutrient individually, you just don't absorb it the same way as when they're found in the natural source. And uh, fruits, you know, have been demonized a little bit. And so I think a lot of us just don't consume as many fruits as, as we should be. And then the other thing is just thinking about, am I having enough real whole grains? Am I having enough plant-based food? Can I, am I having a lot of meat consumption? If I'm eating a lot of meat, can I cut it down a little bit? Can I replace a little bit of that animal-based protein with a little bit of more plant-based foods? And those are the healthy choices that help your body the most. That makes a lot of sense. So basically just supporting your body's natural systems Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to like, I guess in your head, you think you're like re-regulating them, but it's more of just kind of making those changes in your everyday life. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The thing to remember about our bodies is our bodies don't like abrupt change. Our Mm -hmm. bodies love gradual change, right? So anything that's promising, you know, a 20 pound weight loss in a week, that's not good for your body. It's just not, um, yo-yo dieting. We know that going on diets ultimately make us less healthy than before we even started. And I think we really have to look at that research and what we've been taught because that really is telling if the net, if we're going to do something and we're dieting to try to help our body, but in the end, the research is telling us it ends up leading to our body being even worse off than before we started, we need to start thinking about what are the gradual changes we can do for our overall health long-term. And I think when we get pregnant or fertility, we're thinking much more long-term than we ever have before. Yeah, absolutely. And also you're not just thinking about yourself. Right. You got um, so in terms of hormones, cause I know obviously when you're pregnant and postpartum, your hormones are going all over the place. And I'm curious, like how to support that with diet, um, during pregnancy and postpartum specifically with hair loss and skin issues, because those are two things that I'm very concerned about, even though I haven't had kids yet. It's I've had skin issues and hair issues, like for such a long time that I'm, I'm hoping that when I get pregnant, everything just becomes amazing. <laughs> I don't have to like, you, you know, I'm that like, does happen, but I, yeah. it does. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like hoping for that, but also kind of want to be prepared for the other side of things to happen where my skin goes haywire again, after I've worked so hard to get it under control. Um, or I have like extreme hair loss, you know, how do you help your clients uh, manage that? Yeah. So I am the expert on this. Now I can say I, um, yeah, I've had my own hair battles and skin issues that I think, I think that vanity piece you know, when we go through pregnancy or any sort of hardship in life, you know, I opened up about on, on, uh, my podcast that I actually went through a cancer journey. I had lymphoma myself. And I think whenever we have any sort of physical changes that we're not, that aren't us, they don't feel like us, even though they feel kind of, when you say it out loud, you're like, it's my hair, my skin. And at the end I have a baby. They're still really big. You don't feel like yourself. And I think so much in postpartum, we don't feel like ourselves as is. So when we have physical changes on top of that, it's really important that we address them so that we can feel kind of the best version of ourselves. So the first thing I want to say is you, is 
it is a lot of work to raise a human, right? It is a lot of work to be pregnant and birth a kid. And the hormonal changes that happen are miraculous. And so there are always going to be changes thereafter and give your body some grace with that and know that it's going to happen uh, to some degree and everyone is different. But just to know, I think sometimes just stepping back and saying like, wow, look at what my body did. I always give the uh, analogy of like when we're flying in an airplane, right? We take it for granted. Like we're so annoyed when, you know, the flight attendant says there's a delay or something, but at the end of the day, it's miraculous that we're getting in an airplane and flying and going somewhere. It's the same thing with pregnancy. Sometimes I think we forget how miraculous it really is going through it. So to say all of that, there's definitely a lot of things we can do. And what's interesting is that we can tie it back to fertility as well. The things that you want to do for fertility during pregnancy and postpartum are all really about balancing our hormones. So for fertility planning, you want to balance your hormones and postpartum, you want to balance your hormones. So some of the things that I love for that, number one is fiber, getting enough fiber. So quinoa is like the food I always tell people to lean into. Um, There's a lot of studies that show that fiber actually it helps increase blood flow um, and improves menstrual cycles, helps regulate it out. So making sure that we're getting enough fiber does actually help with um, hormonal balance. Omega-3 fatty acids, so walnuts, those are great for men and women. So making sure that you're getting enough of that good fat, that's really important. Um, Obviously for our kids, that's important for their fetal brain and eye development, stuff like that. But um. So those are the foods. And then there's, there's supplements that you can do. Sorry. One more thing. Fluids. We do not drink enough water. There's fluids in foods there. We get fluids from a lot of different places, but we do not drink enough water. And water is the coenzyme that's needed for almost every hormonal process in our body. And so drinking enough water really does actually help balance out our hormones. So when it comes to water real quick, I actually just uh, released a podcast last week with this um, woman who works, um, in partnership with this company called, um, Cangen, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, but they have this like very special water filter. It's like medical grade ionized water, um, where it's like kind of like living water and it's the most filtered, but has like the right perfect amount of minerals and all these great things. And we talked a lot about the quality of water that we're drinking because the pH levels found like in bottled water and tap water actually just add to the inflammation inside of our bodies because they're so acidic is kind of what she was saying. Um, and I'm, so I'm curious with your clients, do you touch on like the quality of water that they're getting or like filters that you really like or anything like that? Cause obviously fluids are so important. So we want to make sure we're getting good quality fluids too, I would assume. Yeah. So what I say is the simplest thing to look at when we're looking at water quality is it doesn't have to be the fanciest thing, but we do obviously want to think how is our water being filtered? So it, you know, if you can get a reverse osmosis and you have the means to be able to do that, that's amazing. You know, there's some great, um, bottled water companies that have water in it. I think the biggest thing is to not purchase water that's in plastic as much as possible. That thinking about anything where plastic is touching our food and fluids, or if heat is involved, some degree of that plastic is going to leach out into that water. So it doesn't have to be the fanciest thing. It doesn't have to be the perfect, you know, balance of acid versus alkaline, but it really, you want to just as much as possible be getting filtered water that, you know, is coming from a source that you trust. Um, and just making sure you're getting enough water. I think it's kind of like everything else. We can get really, really, really fancy and be really overwhelmed with that degree, 
But yeah. then at the same time, sometimes that inhibits us from doing the most basic thing of drinking water. And so yeah. sometimes we miss the forest for the trees. So I always say, yes, when you can avoid plastic, water and plastic, that's great. I love actually just having like a beaker bottle. It's BKR is the company. I love them. Uh, there's a lot of companies out there. Life Factory has a great water bottle, just a glass water bottle, fill it up, keep it around you. One yeah. of the tricks I talk about is having it next to your bedside table. So the first thing you do in the morning is finish a cup of water so that you're starting off. Right. Nice. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. Uh, so yeah, so water. And then the other thing is there's some great supplements. So taking your prenatal supplement postpartum, I think a lot of us forget to do that. And so that really does help with those hormonal changes. The one that is the catch 22 is sleep. You know, we need sleep for our hormones and all of our body processes to really balance out. And sleep is obviously really hard in that beginning time. But when you do have those moments to take a rest, take a rest, lean on your village. There is, we, you know, we all used to raise babies and kids in a village and there's a reason for that. We need that support. And so really giving your body some space and some time doing the simple things you can continuing on with a prenatal vitamin is great. Yeah. I think that that question comes from, again, like, because I haven't had children yet and I know that it will be giving a lot of my body that I've never had to give to anything else. Um, so it's more of like this concern of, you know, just losing that part of me that I've like, that I've spent so much time, money, dedication, trying to like get under control with hormonal issues, pre-pregnancy. So I know that a lot of that concern is probably just going to fall to the wayside. Like I'm not going to care that much, Um, but maybe I will. And it's, you know, (laughs) it's, it's a completely valid concern. So many of us feel that way when we don't look like ourselves, we, we feel off, you know, and I think no matter what the inside of us doesn't really change. We, We become kind of something new in motherhood that we were before. And we turn into things, you know, Lori talks about this a lot, which is, on the other side of motherhood after birth, you turn into a different person than you were before in such a beautiful and different way. And part of it is you can't anticipate how you were going to be in those moments because everyone changes in a, in a different way. And for some, those hair and skin changes are, are much more significant than others. And so it's, I think one of those, as opposed to having like this anticipatory anxiety over it, know that there's things out there to help and know that these changes most likely will come, but they're all transient. They will go back. You know, you might not be to your pre-pregnancy self, but you will be into a new version of you that's beautiful and you feel great in a different way. That's very nice to hear. Thank you. (laughs) Of course, but it's, it's so true. Um, yeah, so, um, I would love to know, just, you've mentioned some great resources so far, but if there are any others besides meaningful living and your friend who you mentioned that nutritionist who I'll include, Mm -hmm. I think, I think she's a nutritionist. Yeah. yeah, Um, She's a fellow dietitian. Um, what other resources I, for nutrition or just general? Yeah, I guess for like preconception for people who don't have kids yet that you think would benefit them, you know, before they kind of get pregnant and enter that phase. (laughs) Yeah. I think keeping it, remembering to keep it really simple. I know that we've got some really good articles on it. We've got a couple podcasts on it as well that you can just listen to what I, I think the best thing to do. And I, I love this about podcast formats is that 
this podcast, you can go back and listen to multiple times in a row, right? right? And so there is so much information that is in these simple recommendations that are so powerful. And so really stepping back, realizing, okay, I can make really healthy changes. And for me, it might look different than my friend that's going through this. And there are simple things I can do. One thing that I don't think is talked about enough that the research does support, and it's really helpful is there are things you can do with, you know, a mind body connection. If you're struggling for, with fertility, if you've been mapping out your cycles and they feel off at all, tell your doctor, you know, really clue in your doctor early on and advocate for yourself, but also know that if there's not something quote unquote clinically wrong, but your cycles feel slightly off, but they're within the normal range, there's little things you can do to help yourself. So the sleep and the stress management acupuncture was extremely helpful for me. There's great research actually on acupuncture and fertility and just hormonal balance. Um, and I, it's really hard because we so fall into the comparison trap. I saw this amazing post this morning about IVF and eggs and that, you know, she had an egg retrieval and there was, she had X amount that she didn't disclose, but she saw all of a sudden she started just going on Instagram and she saw all these people in these IVF retrievals getting like five times the amount of eggs as her. And at first she thought her IVF retrieval was super successful. And then she started to see all this and then she felt less, less than. And I think what's important is that everyone's body, everyone's experience is going to be different. And so just step back and try as hard as possible to not compare yourself to your friend and know that your journey is your journey and advocate for yourself and do the simple things. I think the simple things are so often overlooked, but they have the biggest impact for us throughout our lifetime, especially during fertility and pregnancy. Yeah. I'm definitely the type of person who can get like kind of too big picture and too like, I want a complete overhaul of everything and like just get too extreme where those like baby steps that build up to that extreme that I want to get to, I just kind of ignore. And like you say, overlook, like I just, it's really hard for me to come back down and take things slowly. Um, but I think like Lori has also said, you know, like pregnancy will bring up all of your shit, like anything that you have that you haven't dealt with, especially when it comes to food. Like, I just think it can really bring things to the forefront, um, and force you to kind of work on this. And I just think, yeah, your approach where it's like keeping things simple, removing that fear of a lot of things and kind of like filtering out the noise is so, so helpful to work through all of that. Completely. And I think the we live in a society, we we grew up in this society, right? Our parents were all well-meaning, society is well-meaning, yeah. but that we are, it's so instant gratification. It's about diets, it's about resetting, it's about cleanses. And I don't know when this podcast is going to release, but it's just about that pressure is only going to get so much more as we approach the new year. And so I think it's really important to know that the magic in nutrition, the magic in lifestyle comes from those small changes that you do regularly, right? Even if you left this podcast today and was like, my goal is to drink, you know, a extra cup of water every single day, that is going to have so much more impact on your life than doing some sort of big overhaul. Mm -hmm. That's not sustainable. We want to look at 
Where, what is our body like in one year, five years, 10 years from now? I want to be here not only during my fertility, pregnancy journey and kids, right. but I want to be here for my kids when I'm 99 years old. And so yeah. we really need to think about it from that lens. I think that is probably one of the magical moments of pregnancy is starting to come out of ha- being forced, right? To start thinking about someone over yourself for the first time in your entire life, which then makes you realize, okay, I need to be around for this person. And so I don't want to do some of these unhealthier lifestyle things that I've been taught to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like you said, just those, those lifestyle changes that aren't sustainable because you kind of set yourself up for failure by trying to do so much at once. And that's something that I always struggle with just like trying to change the way I approach every day, like completely change it. It's like, no, I need to take things slower. So I do like the idea that, especially when you get pregnant, when you become a mom, that it really does. Like, I think I've seen this quote before where it's like, moms are the most efficient people Mm -hmm. because they have to balance so much and get so much done that they really do find the ways to like organize their days and like get things done that need to get done. But, um, yeah, I think that's great advice. And so thank you. I would, I, there's a few questions I ask every guest that I'd love oh, to I'm ask you now to close out the conversation. Yeah, um, I'm excited. So the first one is, do you have a mantra or phrase or words that you like to live by? hundred percent. You've got this. Um, I've always believed that I believe that any sort of suffering difficulty, anything that we come up two in our life is transient and believing in ourselves is the most powerful thing we could ever do. Mm -hmm. And so you've got this is if I could just tell every, every mom, every person, anyone, any day that needs to hear that over and over, you've got, this is probably the most powerful words. That's a good one. That's a very good one. No one's ever said that before. (laughs) I like that one. Um, and then we kind of, you kind of touched on this, but we all know it takes a village to raise children. You know, what do you most value in your village? Who's helping you raise your son or surrounding you while you, since you've been a mom? Love that question. Um, I've had some unique situations and I've had to lean on my village more so than I would have ever in my life. When I saw myself as a parent, I never thought I would have to lean on the village in the way that I have. I, what I'm so grateful for is that my village is so understanding of the way in which I want to parent. And, you know, my parents specifically, they raised me, they raised my sister, they're wonderful parents, but, you know, information and just the evidence changes over time. And I think what I'm the most grateful for is that they're so open-minded that they will adopt, you know, I'm, I am so passionate about helping kids become intuitive eaters and help raise non-picky intuitive eaters, because I think that is the biggest gift, one of the biggest gifts we can give our kids. And it's really hard to do sometimes, right? Like switching around language or following the ways that I teach is hard when my parents have done it a certain way for their whole life. And so what I'm the most grateful for is that they're so open-minded with me and will always try to you know, take my feedback and run with it and adopt it. I think that's a struggle that a lot of parents have when you're looking at childcare because you feel like oh, no one can do it like I can sometimes. And that's a really hard control to let go of. And I, there's beauty in people doing it differently, but there's also beauty in people saying like, okay, I'm go, I'm listening to what your desires are and I'm never going to be perfect, but I'm going to try to adopt that in the way that I can. So I'm helping support you in the most beneficial way that I can. Yeah, that definitely 
seems like a daunting task to try and get your parents on board and your in-laws on board to a certain way of talking about things. Because obviously there's going to be times when you're not around and you do really have to release that control. I was just talking to a friend on um, Instagram about this. She's um, has struggled with severe eating disorder in her life. And now she helps other people who are struggling with that. And she posted this video on her Instagram of this guy, Blippy. I don't know if you've heard of this guy on YouTube, but he was like in a grocery store. He's like, icing is bad. Bran flakes are healthy. And he puts them in the cart and like keeps going. I'm like, okay, so there's no explanation here as to like why icing is bad or like when it could be good and okay, you know, like birthday parties or something like he's not educating kids in any way. He's just saying good or bad, healthy or unhealthy. And it's, And I just, that's like an example of an external source that's just not aligned with the language you're trying to use with your kids, especially around food. Like, like you said, our parents had different tools. They did their best. We all do our best, but Mm -hmm. I know there's so many things that my parents did that I want to do differently when it comes to food specifically. And I can just imagine that those external sources, this other woman I interviewed on my podcast just said, you know, if you become the expert on something like we were specifically talking about like hormones and fertility and sex. And if you teach them from a young age at different ages and stages of these different subjects, then you become the authority. And when they hear something externally, they're coming to you with their questions. Cause they think, you know, my mom knows about this. My dad knows about this. So I'm, I'm sure that that gives you some peace of mind knowing that your son, I'm sure like knows that, you know, what's up when it comes to food. <laughs> totally. And for any listeners that are like, okay, I really, I mean, that is my ultimate passion is raising intuitive eaters and helping our kids not have foods on different pedestals. So if you're struggling with not wanting to pass down kind of any sort of disordered eating, or you yeah. want to raise a healthy eater, we've got a couple of podcasts that come to mind that are just incredible. One is ditching diet culture. We've got an article on it and a podcast on it. Um, so many of us have some degree of disordered eating, honestly, no matter what we live in a society, right. Where cheat days and diets and good food and bad food, they, they exist. And so we can do it differently for our kids. That's one. We had Una Hansen on who's incredible. Go listen to that podcast on it. And we've got a baby feeding course. And, and what's funny about that is it's like, how hard is it to serve solids to my baby? But the truth is, is that we're setting up their eating habits for life. In the, and so we're so used to kind of airplaning food and cheerleading them on and being really excited about it, but actually kind of thinking about it differently and asking questions that you wouldn't even know you had, you can do it differently from this time that they're a baby. And that's really powerful. And I want every, anyone listening to just know nothing is going to be perfect. We can never shield our kid from everything. That's not our goal, right? right. Our goal is to give them enough tools within the confines of their safe home to know that when they go out and they hear something that's different than the way that they're raised, they feel comfortable to come talk to you about it. And they, they see the example of what's happening in their home all the time to balance out kind of the external noise. Exactly. That is absolutely the goal. (laughs) Um, And then the last question is um, what are some characteristics that you really admire and hope to instill in your son, or you're already seeing kind of your son display that you just hope for him as he grows up? That's such a good question. I think I'm going to flip it on its head. And I think he's sometimes, I think we think we're our kids' greatest teachers, but so many times they teach us more than we ever think that we wouldn't, that they could. And so I, the traits that I'd want him to grow up with is resiliency, to know that he's got this and confidence. And the truth is, I think 
he already has that. And he teaches me that every day. Kids are so much more resilient and so much more adult-like than we ever give them credit for. And they're really wise and just kind of leaning in and knowing that they have so much self-esteem when they come out and it's our job as opposed to kind of break that down is just kind of lean into it and allow them to continue to develop it. So I look at him every day and I think I draw strength from him in the degree of how resilient he is and just, uh, he's amazing. And so I think, I think they're born with so many of those traits that you want them to have. Yeah, absolutely. Resilience is such a good one that I think about all the time because I feel like it is a balance of like being an emotional, like having emotional intelligence and like responding to things that make you upset and all that is of course healthy and good. But it's also like, for me, I feel like so many things just rolled off my back and I didn't really care or give much second thought to it in my life growing up. And then my sister, who's less than two years younger than me, that like stayed with her. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, she's very resilient. I'm not saying she's not, I'm not saying I'm more resilient or anything, but it's just like, I think being able to balance that kind of emotional response to just understanding, like, this is the world, that person has their own stuff going on. Like, you just need to kind of keep going. Like, you know, it's figuring that out, but it is very cool. I'm sure to see such a young little being (laughs) already have that in themselves. (laughs) Completely. That reminds me, there was an article that Jenny Monis, who I just adore, she wrote an article for the site today that just went up on, on basically all of that, which is, you know, it's, we think it's our job. We want our kids to be as happy as possible. And we always want to protect them and shield them, right? Like we dread that moment when they're going to be left out of the cool crew or when they're not invited to a birthday party. But the truth is if we swoop in and protect in all of those moments, they don't build those skills that they actually need. And they, they have the endurance, they have the resilience to get through that as long as we allow them to do it. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much power in allowing all different types of emotions and helping our kids in a safe way, get through them and feel them. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure a lot of that requires letting go, like on our part as parents. So much letting go, right? (laughs) Like if there's one thing in parent fertility from anything from all of this, right? It's there, we have to let go. There's so much that we have to let go of, you know, we can create structure, but we got to let go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Lori's teaching me that I'm in my mentorship with her as a doula. Like it's such an important thing to teach your clients. Um, well, thank you so much, Jessica. It was such a pleasure to speak with you. I'm so excited for people to hear this episode. Um, I'll be sure to include all the links that we talked about, but if there's anything you haven't mentioned yet for like a way to someone to get in touch with you or to connect with you, if you want to mention that, please do. Thank you for having me and thank you for having this platform. I think it's an amazing resource for women and and men. And I think it's just amazing. So thanks for having me on. I'm so honored. Uh, You can find me at uh, Meaningful Living on Instagram with its two L's. So it's meaningful, F-U-L-L, and then living, L-I-B-I-N-G. And Jessica Diamond, RDN, that's my personal handle. And we've got a website, MeaningfulLiving.com and subscribe to our podcast, which is Meaningful Living. Amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Not a Mama Yet. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review an Apple podcast and maybe even share it with a friend. Check out the podcast notes for any links we may have mentioned during our conversation and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening.